Good Wednesday evening, and welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Rundown, sponsored by Anchor FM, presented here by the Sideline Junkies. If you hear any noise, it ain't nobody but me and the boys. Of course, we got the boss, BJ. I'm here, ready to go. And of course, you got me, the big guy, KG. Uh, it's a victory week. Um, Monday was a take your pants off Monday. Thank you, David Aldridge, for that. Uh, well, I, I had to catch myself because I was getting ready to say it. Washington football team <sighs> came from behind, 17 points down. <laughs> 17 points down. Beat the rival, the division rival, Philadelphia Eagles, 27 to 17. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. And a lot of people had comments about this because he was only 17 to 31 for 178 in the touchdown. Oh, well, Dwayne didn't do very much. And Dwayne could have did more. Shut up. Because Case Keenum, Case Keenum last year was 30 of 44, 380 and three touchdowns, and we fucking lost. Don't tell me Dwayne could have did more. I don't want to hear that. Dwayne did what he had to do. And at this present point, the game needed to be managed. Dwayne managed the game. Now, he can take over a game, but he managed the game. He did a damn good job. Outstanding. Well, I'm I'm a, I'm a hold off on him being able to take over a game. He's still a young buck. I still want to see way more from him. The ceiling is high. But what people have to realize, like, every, every game is not going to be 25 or 33, 310 for a some games you're playing a really good team, really well-coached team, good defensive unit, just solid all the way around. And you have to scrap. That's a division win. This, these are teams that know you, play you twice a year. You know, they know you like the back of their hand. These games, they, you know, they, they can be ugly. So a win is a win. You know what? That's absolutely true. But this right here, defensively, uh, <laughs> this wasn't a win. This was a thrashing. Is what it was. The defense. I, I agree with that. Yes, the defense showed out. Um, took them a while to get going. Yes, it did. It took them a while <laughs> to get going because you were panicking on WhatsApp. <laughs> And I, and I was just telling you, like, look, all right, they got a couple of new pieces, but just give it a second to jail. Give it a second to jail. I mean, because I don't think anybody expected will be the dominance that front seven showed in the second half from the, from the first quarter and a half to what they, the show they put on afterwards. That is true. All right, because that that was it was completely different. So, and and the, the the crazy thing is, it's like you can't sit here and say, "Oh, that was lucky." Like they have a unit up front. The front you could have, if if that's what we're going to see every Sunday, you could have cardboard boxes in the secondary. Like exactly. seriously, because now that you have all these cats up there, Ionitis, Chase Young, uh, Allen, Sweat. Payne, Kerrigan, uh, Anderson. Who are you going to double team? 
and that and I I don't mean to cut you off. I mean that's a that's a night a matchup nightmare for an offensive coordinator because now now you got to go one on one. You got to set up. You know, you got to stay true. You got to stay at home. You can't double me. As soon as you double somebody, one of the nineties coming free. You just pick one. You know what? Looking at that defense. And th- let's not shade the, the, the secondary because uh, the people's corner, Jimmy Moore, Fabian Monroe. Uh, Fabian Monroe with the, the, the tide changing pick. Then Jimmy Moore with a pick. Uh, Landon Collins had uh, five tackles total. I'm sorry, four tackles total. Uh, one was an assist. Um, a sack and a half from I Knights who moved over to the defensive tackle. Uh, and you know something that's crazy, B? We talked before about moving Ionitis to tackle. And mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Messing around on Matt. One I was like, let me move Ionitis to tackle and let him and Chase Young play side by side and then put uh, Deron Payne in and then Allen put all them guys in together at one time. I created a dominant defense on a video game. On a video, like my pass rush is so much greater now. With those four guys up front, and then I still got Kerrigan and Sweat coming off the edges, and I just got I got a middle linebacker and Cole Hulk dropped back in the coverage, and quarterbacks are throwing the ball off. This is on a video game, and this is exactly what's happening in real life. This is where art imitates life, in my opinion. And, and you, you, you you're leaving out somebody because you kind of ragged on them. In the first half, he you know gave up a big bomb. Ronald Darby, he, yes, he, he came up with a big pass. Like it, 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 it was just like somebody hit a switch, and the whole defense was like, "Nah, fuck this. <laughs> it's not. It's time to play." And Ronald Darby later in the game, he went up to go get a. He almost had an interception. They came out to play, and and. You could see them feeding off of that front seven, because because Carson Wentz got to a point, and and any this is not Carson Wentz, any quarterback that knows that that timer in his head is off now, because he don't know where it's coming from. It's coming from the middle, the left, the right. So now you got him panic, and you could see it. You can start seeing he was rattled a little bit, and that's. That's what this team is going to do. You know, um, man, I loved it. I absolutely loved the the chaos Chase Young is creating. And, of course, you got 91 coming in, doing his thing. And congratulations to I'm surprised you ain't say nothing about that. I was getting to it. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to back off. I'm going to mute my mic. I'm going to shut up. (laughs) Congratulations to one of... And he's gonna go down as one of the greatest players in, in, in team history. I it's still hard for me to say it like that because of the history and 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 the, the lore of this team. But he's gonna go down as one of the greatest players. And I'm talking about one, Ryan Kerrigan. His two sacks on Sunday. First sack tied him with the great Dexter Manley. Mr. D. The second one put him in head. All-time sack leader in Washington football team history. Uh, then he also made defensive player of the week, and he played 22 snaps. 
He didn't start for the first time in his career. That was number one. Number two, those 22 snaps equaled up to 30, I think it said 33% of the defensive snaps that he played, and he made an impact just like that. And not only was he did he make an impact on the field, what he did on the sidelines, being in Chase Young's ear, being in uh, Jonathan Allen's sweat, he's in the guy's ears as the veteran leader. So we know who the leader is. And, you know, B, you already know. And Professor Lucky, I know if you're listening, you already know how I feel about Curry. I feel he's an absolute monster. And I think now it's time, it's going to be the time that turns him loose. This is going to prolong his career for at least another seven to 10 years. I'm sorry. I mean, if he can get free, he doesn't have to take the load. He's not the main pass rusher. So if and, you and, that's, and, and that is him benefiting him, yes. But you keep him in a flow, and he's getting free like this because you can't stop him, and he's always fresh. He's all you know. His mode is always going to be revved up to go, but he's even fresher now. I'm going to say it. I, I smell double digit sacks again this year, but I, I I smell a lot of sacks coming from this defense. Period. And speaking of sacks. My favorite stat of the day, my favorite defensive player, middle linebacker blitz, and John Bossett ran straight up the middle untouched. And I, I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I swear when he grabbed Carson Went, the first thing I thought is Canadian destroyer. Just, just pick him up, Canadian destroyer, and put him down. What, what quarter was that? You remember what quarter uh, that was? I want to say that was third quarter. It might have been the early fourth. But it was still early in the game because they were still trying to move the ball. Yep. And, and you're going to – I'm telling you, man, look, let me go back to Kerrigan for a second because I said in previous shows I wasn't sure if he was going to be the odd man out the way the NFL business side works. But if it was anybody that could take a decreased role and still come to work with a lunch pail ready to go, it's 91, Right. And I don't know if you noticed it, and I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but what you said, KG, is absolutely right. He was, you know, he's in, he, he's definitely the leader of that group, but it seems like they love him. They, I, I noticed that it, it seemed like they were, they were clinging to him, like, you know, yeah, we got you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're the leader. We're following you. I got that from what I was seeing on Sunday, and I, I like seeing that, man. You know what I'm saying? I like seeing a guy that's been, you know, the head of the defense. And he's he's no longer that. You know, that's moving over to the to the 99, right? And that's cool. But now I'm going to still show you how to work it, and we're going to come out here working together. And we, we talked about this. You know, we were saying that if they get the right person, this was before they hired Jack Del Rio, I believe. We were just talking about having the right defensive coordinator and – you saw the damage and the havoc they caused on Sunday. And just imagine now they have people to rotate out. So now, like you said, Ryan Kerrigan, fresh legs. You have, you have to deal with Montez, with uh, Chase Young, Payne Allen, Ioannidis. Then have a fresh set of legs come in depending on who's resting. It's just like you're never going to get a break. So right now... From what I've seen, man, A-plus for the defense, man. 
A plus for the defense. That uh, that was an outstanding performance, and they could have easily folded seventeen nothing. It just seemed like they turned it on. They got it seemed like at seventeen nothing. They got mad, and like like hold up, man, this this is not gonna work. You know, we better than these guys, and they came out and put twenty seven up, twenty seven. You know, with help from the defense. I, I loved it, man. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, and then, you know, we can move on if you like. But notice what was different. Notice what was different the whole game now. I got to give uh, kudos to uh, Dwayne Haskins because uh, Ron Rivera, Coach Riverboat Ron, was getting an IV, a planned IV at uh, halftime. And he said he was exhausted during that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was getting a plan IV said Haskins got up and addressed the team at halftime that coaching staff did something that I haven't seen done probably in the last 10 years maybe more maybe since uh, since Gibbs 2.0 and you know nah, you, Gibbs- you, you ain't gotta go back that far Shani because I, I know where you're going yeah I know where you're going you, when we say Gibbs 2.0, we talk, and I'm talking halftime adjustment. Gibbs will come in, they, this game plan right here is trades. This is the game plan we're going to use. He would throw a game plan in a trade and come out with a whole new game plan. But, but Shani did that too. Yes, he did. Yes. Shani, I'll give Shani, you can't, you don't go back all the way to Gibbs 2.0. We know Gibbs was a master of adjustment. Shani did it too. And that is something we have been saying on this podcast for the last, since we've been going. The, the previous, you know, Jay Gruden, it's like if it didn't work, he didn't know what to do. It, it, he was going to keep doing it. If it's not working, if you're coming out, it's not working, then obviously it's something that you fucking have to change. Yeah. And when Jay, Jay Gruden's on the sideline, that didn't happen. You saw a change. You saw adjustments. And I told you, JDR coaching that defense is dangerous because now he got he got some toys up there. He got Maserati on one end. He got Ferrari. He got a couple of bulldozers in the front. He got a crane. Like He got a whole unit up here. So now, with that mind, running the defense, making adjustments with Ron Rivera, I told you when we did our show last week, we know what we're getting from Ron Rivera. No nonsense. If you watch the, the uh, post game, he said, don't get big-headed. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get big-headed. The talent that is in this room, y'all can do it. You know what I'm saying? You just beat that. Didn't uh, the Eagles win the, the division last year? Was it the Eagles? Yep, the Eagles were division champs last year. You yeah. just beat. So, yeah, this is it's one game at a time. It's 15 games left. I know everybody's celebrating 1-0. You know, it's, it's natural to tease your division foe because nobody thought that was going to happen. You nope. had them... You had them winning 27-17. I had them, I had them um, losing 27-17. So, because I thought they would keep it close. I, you know, we both thought that the front seven would make an impact, but not like it did. So, before we, you know, I, people complaining about Dwayne Haskins. He was, um, I'm trying to, 178 yards, 17 for 31, one touchdown, three sacks. Let me read you Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. 24 for 42. 
24 for 42, 270, two and two, two touchdowns, two interceptions, eight sacks. Okay? Eight sacks. He took eight, <laughs> he took eight sacks, okay? So you complain if y'all the ones that are complaining about what Haskins did, yeah. Because like I said, when you start hitting them quarterbacks and they lose that that awareness of the you know the pocket and their time, it's over. You can see it. You can see it. We've seen it with plenty of quarterbacks that just after they get hit a couple times, they get gunshot and lose it. And then you see the great quarterbacks, the top two or three, four quarterbacks, they they make their adjustments in their head and they know they can feel the pressure. So be careful what you ask for. Exactly. All now, right. let, let me say this. When we're talking Washington defense, 57 yards, 57 rushing yards allowed. That was third in the NFL. That's third right now as we talk. Okay. Okay. Three, turn, three forced turnovers. Excuse me, tied for first. A total of 239 yards allowed, tied for first. Total sacks, eight, tied for first. Now, they, I'm not saying that they're going to play lights out like this all season. Of course, they're going. it's going to be an ebb and flow. They're going to have up games. They're going to have down games. They're going to have games that say, what the hell are you doing? And then next week, they're going to come. And I, But it looks like they're not – I don't think we're going to play down to competition this year. Now, we got a test coming up Sunday at 4. And Kyler Murray is a different animal because he can pass and he can run. He's a little Russell Wilson. He's just a short version of Russell Wilson. And I think Kyler Murray is going to be pretty damn good in, you know, in the NFL long season. So you got to figure out how to think. He probably would have been really good with Steve Wilkes, too, but that's a whole nother show. Who? Steve Wilkes. I'm just saying because, you know, just something to touch on real quick. It's crazy how Steve Wilkes got the garbage pail Josh Rosen and got fired after one year. They bring in Cliff Kingsbury, who are now a capable quarterback, and they got DeAndre Hopkins now. So it's just like, why well, ain't do the same thing for Steve Wilkes? But DC Sports hey. right now. <laughs> hey, I, no, I'm no, not, no, no. You're not gonna you're not gonna touch on that and then run off because it's the same thing going on in the NBA. You got these coaches of color, and everybody knows it. They'll take a team and they'll run the team and they'll get the team on the cusp. Alvin Gentry, Dwayne Casey went. Dwayne Casey was up in uh, Toronto and won Coach of the Year and got fired. The state he won Coach of the Year at the end of the season and got fired that summer and got fired. Yep. Nick Nurse came in with no head coach experience, no NBA head coach experience. He coached the G League. Now, Nick Nurse is very capable. I get it. But that should have been Dwayne Casey's team. That should have been his championship. Alvin Gentry, no Zion most of this year. He still made the playoffs to Pelican. Fire. It's, it's the case. Let me, let me let you go ahead and build this up, and then I'm going to fire you and bring it in. You know somebody else, like but Jim. Isn't that is that's how it always is with, with with coaches of color. You get the they get the rebuilding phase of the team where they absolutely have no chance to win, or like Alvin Gentry case, they're good enough to tiptoe into the playoffs and get put out. And then now they'll be serious about making some 
a big free agent splash or you get a Zion Williamson, now you want to fire the coach. Yeah, I, I just don't. Look, I'm looking at it from my eyes. You're looking at it from your eyes. I just don't see that happen to white coaches. NFL, NBA, I just don't see. It's not the same. You know, and NFL's the same way. They give a a head coaching job to a black coach and a garbage team, garbage situation. I don't think Steve Wilkes had any say on Arizona. I don't think he had any say on the drafting of Josh Rosen. But they hired Cliff King. Is is Kingsbury GM too? No. Uh, but I, no. he did. I think he did have a say on Kyler Murray, didn't he? Yeah, he had a say on. He he has a say. I mean, unlike uh 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 old boy that was in uh New York last year, the Jet before Gates. Unlike him, they told him during the draft, don't even come to the draft, the war room. Go ahead and rearrange the furniture in your office. But I'm sure he, you know, I know Kingsbury has to say and who to get with that number one pick. Well, let's let's close up on the Redskins because we're going to take a break <laughs> and then we're going to continue our thoughts from uh, NFL <laughs> week one. I mean, you know, because we got, we got some stuff to get to. Oh, let me back up. Yeah, we but, do. And I'm um, going to say this to you. Anybody listening, go to Sideline Jump Twitter page. It was something retweeted two, I think about two or three days ago. And it was... Uh, Coach John Thompson on a panel, and he said that, and this he said this, this was in the 90s when he said this, that black coaches aren't allowed to have the right to fail. You can be qualified, but you don't have the right to fail. You go out there and you flame out, they're going to immediately get rid of you. But white coaches come in, flame out, they give them another chance, or they can get fired and be hired somewhere else to be played. It's still going on today in 2020. And, and that's we're, we're going to... We're going to address that hiring and firing in the next NFL segment because there's a couple of teams um, that are horrible. They look horrible, and I'm trying to figure out why these coaches have jobs. So um, did you want to close up on the Redskins? And, and what, what is your – why we still got the Redskins? Let's talk about the Cardinals because, like you said, that's a whole different test. You got Kyler Murray, and you got DeAndre Hopkins you have to worry about. I think he had – 14 catches for something ridiculous. Yeah. And you still got to worry about Fitz. Fitz is still there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a whole different, that's a whole different test. So I'm excited because like I always tell you with my squad, I don't want to play a team down. I want to play you at your best. Cause I want to know what we got. I don't want to play, you know, I want you to do a full power. I don't want no excuses. So you're going to see a full power. I think uh, a, definitely a different dynamic because Kyler Murray can get out of stuff. So, you know, but like I said, with the coaching that you have now here with the football team, you can have confidence that they'll be prepared for that. So what you think? Um, personally, uh the way I would get prepared for this game, and it seems odd, but I go old school. I would take, make everybody, you know, protect their hands, their arms, and everything, full pad. And I would make them chase around a chicken for 30 yards. And you got to catch that chicken before that chicken cross, you know, the goal line. Because I, Kyler Murray is that elusive. He's that quick where he can change direction. So you got to be prepared for that. So that D-line, straight chasing that, um, a lot of QB spy. 
a lot of uh, a lot of ionitis <laughs> you know why I'm laughing why is that you know what it would change Colin Murray being elusive if somebody put their numbers right in his chest <laughs> I promise you <laughs> I promise you he's going to stop being elusive for a little bit I'm telling you if you get yeah. to him and get a good lick on him you're going to think twice about running out that pocket true indeed some big boys up there Get a lick on them real good. Clean lick. I ain't talking about nothing dirty. I'm talking about, okay, you want to dance outside the pocket? Boom. You know? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I don't think they're going to focus in on – I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to be the one that you got to watch out for this because everybody's going to key in on uh, – they're going to key in on hop. You know, safety over the top. Uh Hopefully, Kendall Fuller's healthy. Kendall Fuller on safety over the top type thing. So, Larry Fitzgerald is going to catch a lot underneath. Larry Fitzgerald might have 23 possessions. See, see I, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm Jack Del Rio, I'm not doubling either one of them. After, after the way that front seven played this past Sunday, I'm not doubling. Look, DeAndre Hopkins is the top three receiver for a reason. They're, you're not going to double him and take him out the game. It's just not going to happen. Because if you do that, then you open up everybody else. You got, like you said, you got Larry Fitzgerald on the other side. You just can't do it. Look, I'm telling the boys, like, look, we're gonna have you gonna have some protection over top. You know, you know, we'll try to get you some help. If you don't have help, you'll know it. But y'all need to stay with them. It's time to earn y'all money. And I will let that front seven go to work. Because if you if you're running for your life, you you're not gonna have 14 catches. True indeed. You are absolutely Yeah, it's not going to happen. So, um, we won't give our predictions and stuff for the game. Now, we'll do that on the Sunday show. So Right. Now, (laughs) looking forward to, you know, tomorrow begins a new NFL week. We got a, I I think, I got to, we got to ask Delonte this. I think this is going to be rated uh, dumpster fire the week. The Battle of Ohio, Cincinnati versus Cleveland tomorrow night. And I think this is going to be a dump. I want to see Joe Burrow. I, I, I'll admit that. I do want to see Joe Burrow. I'm intrigued by him. I want to see if he, you know, he's ready to <clears throat> turn Cincinnati around. I, I don't want to give a Nelson rating to Cleveland. They're saying I'm watching that. Because <laughs> that is an absolute dumpster. I'm talking about it's, it's, it's full of dumps of juices. It's, it's on fire. The juice is popping, crackling and stuff. <laughs> okay? Because this it's just that team is so overrated. And they got their asses handed to them by the Ravens. Like, that's your division foe. You got to play them twice a year, and you did nothing. Okay? Uh, it, Baker Mayfield, this, this is it for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, I, I'm not... A, I, I've, I've been unimpressed um, by Odell Beckham Jr. for a while. So, and that and that's another thing. It's just like people, I, I, I'm looking on Twitter, I'm looking on Instagram, and I see the football team fans like, oh, we need to go get Odell. We need to go get Allen Robinson. Why? Let the food on your stove cook. Agreed. You've got receivers. Let them develop. You, you're not going to ever see what you have. I think they have a, a, a decent receiving core that they, you know, especially with McMorn. See what your other guys can do. 
I, why bring Odell Beckham here? He's just gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna. It's gonna be about him, and, and this team right here doesn't need that. They, they're, you can see they're, they're, they're a unit right now. You don't need somebody that's gonna. Hey, I, I need the ball. You know, throwing a fit on the sideline, hitting the Adrian Peterson. You don't need that. Work with what you have. Let them boys work. Let the way it's remember, they didn't have any preseason. Scott Turner, new offensive coordinator. Give them a couple of weeks. Now, after a couple of weeks, if the second and third receivers really ain't doing nothing, okay, then talk to me then. Not after one week. Give them a chance. Okay? That that's all I'm saying. Give them a chance. Well, I agree with that. Um, I don't want. I, I'm not really interested in Allen Robinson. I'm not interested in Odell Beckham because we didn't got rid of nothing. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my man Cam Sims, uh, he's going back to the practice squad. I forget who. Uh, nobody's coming up. I think um, he had to come up because Love was inactive, so he went back to the practice squad this week. He can come up one more, two more times. And he can come up one more and go back down, and then the third time he has to stay on for the rest of the season. So, uh, it's not necessary to get another receiver here. That's one thing that I didn't want. I, I like what we had. So, like like you said, let the food cook. I'm good with that. Let let the food cook, baby. Stop trying to pull this, that, and the other. Let you, you don't even know what you have. Yet. You know what you have. The only solid thing you know what you have is that front seven right now. That You know what you have. You know it's dangerous. It put the league on notice. Trust me. Trust me. The offensive coordinator for the Cardinals, which is Leftwich, isn't it? Is that Leftwich? No. Who is who's the offensive no. coordinator? Um, Where's where Leftwich at? Is he Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay. Tampa yeah. Bay. That's right. Tampa Bay. Trust Le- me. Uh, Kingsbury. Kingsbury is your OC and um. And uh, Arizona. Okay. Well, his uh, <laughs> his um, uh, innovative, all uh, offense. Um. Okay. <laughs> I just leave it at that. It's yeah. an innovative offense. Yeah, I mean, it's a college offense. I, I don't give a shit what nobody says. Well, we're gonna see how it works out Sunday. So, let's um, let's end our Redskins segment. DC Sports Rundown. You're listening to the Sideline Junkies. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to jump over the league. We're going to give our thoughts on the NFL week number one. So just keep listening. Hey, welcome to segment number two. You're listening to the DC Sports Rundown presented by the Sideline Junkies. And of course, the Sideline Junkies are hosted on Anchor FM. So welcome back. This is where myself and KG, the big guy, we're going to just touch on um, our thoughts of the NFL week number one in the books. Uh, KG, what stands out to you for week number one? Well, uh, biggest, of course, biggest part is Washington winning. Uh, Philadelphia president being upset because uh, we're, he claims that we're being classed. So, you know, I'm like, hey, stay mad, Slim. 
Um, Cowboys fans crying because they got robbed, which I believe they do. I'm I'm a side with the with the Cowboys that they got robbed. Um, that was not a pass return. Uh, Jalen Ramsey just sold that very well. Um, he did absolutely did. The running back from Detroit. If old boy <laughs> If he still got a job right now as we speak, that's a goddamn problem. Look, bro, I'm watching it, right? I'm watching NFL Red Zone, and they, and they go to that. And I see it's like six seconds left. I'm like, oh, man. And this boy breaks wide open, left corner of the end zone. The Bears are nowhere near him. Turns around, catches it for a second. I don't know if the ground popped it out or if it came out before. The, and it's, I'm just looking like that was the game. He just lost the game. He just dropped the ball and lost in the game. Like, man, I I wouldn't even let him in the locker room. Like, I'm sending him on a plane wherever his hometown is. Like, go home. Don't come back in here. Don't come in the locker room. Take your ass straight home. But that's me. <laughs> but you know what? I don't. Th- the ground didn't pop that loose. He was on his feet the whole time. That was a good pass. He had it on his hands. All he had to do was pull it in. I think he was trying to run, well, continue running and stretch the ball out and score. But all he had to do was catch, hold on to it, and stop on a dime. It sounds sounds simple, right? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've done it an awful lot. All right, so look, here's my NFL week number one synopsis. Of course, you know, I saw, I watched my team, Buffalo Bills, beat a really bad Jets team, okay? And the the final score for the Bills was 27-17. The score should have been 45-17, 45-10. Josh Allen lost two fumbles. Driving down the field, um, and also, and like I said, this is week one. So I'm just, you know, kind of like what I saw. They don't know how to step on the other team's neck when they got them down. It was it's a couple points in that game where they could have really broke their back. They could have made it 28 nothing, and that would have broke the Jets. Instead, that, I think it was the first or the, it was the second fumble that gave the Jets life, and you could kind of – feel the momentum changing a little bit and the Bills were able to hold on. So on the flip side of that, I'm trying to figure out how the fuck Adam Gates has a job. And we just talked about this with the last segment about how minority coaches are given these opportunities, but Adam Gates did terrible in Miami and turned around and immediately had a job with the Jets. And they, I'm glad they hired him. Because these are, this is going to be two wins for Buffalo. They deserve everything they get with Adam Gates. Okay? Um, I'm with you. I thought the Cowboys got done wrong with the, the whole Jalen Ramsey Oscar performance with the whole, uh, you know, push off with Gallup. Um, the Buccaneers and the Saints. I really want to get to this one. Okay? People had high expect where well, they do have high they had a high expectations for that game, the Buccaneers and the Saints. And me and you talked, and we said, you got to give 
look, we know Tom Brady is Tom Brady. But you put him in a whole nother system with new toys, new offensive linemen that he has to learn who what their weaknesses are, where their strengths are, kind of get a feel for everything. The only person he has a connection with is Gronk. Okay? Don't worry about the Buccaneers. They need a couple of weeks to get the jail going. But you're talking about they're playing a Saints team where the offensive unit is has been the same for that core for the last couple of years. They know each other. Drew Brees knows where these guys want the ball, you know, what's going on. It's not the same in Tampa Bay right now. They need they need some time. I promise you probably by the next time they play, it's going to be different. Because Tom Brady don't throw pick sixes like that. So calm down on the Tom Brady talk. They'll be okay. First game of the season. Um, the Cardinals beating the 49ers did shock me a little bit. Um, I was I love to see it. Like I said, you know, they they could have just, you know, rolled over big, big bad 49ers. I like Kyler Murray. I like how they played. They scrapped. And uh that heads up play by Larry Fitzgerald to to come and get the ball back to the line of scrimmage so they can spike it. That's veteran stuff, man. You love to see that as a football fan. Uh, we talked about the Bears and the Lions. The Vikings disappointed me. The Vikings disappointed me because I called for the Vikings to win. I thought I thought my man Kirk Cousins would be, you know, the savior. Uh, he, you know, he was decent, but Aaron Rodgers was better. <laughs> he was a lot better. Uh, Thirty-two for forty-four, three sixty-four, and four touchdowns. No sacks. 127 and a half rating. Um, and the Falcons did with the Falcons. I, I don't have faith in the Falcons. You, if you listen to this show, you know I'm not a Matt, Matt Ryan fan. And they did exactly what I thought they was going to do. KG, what you think? Of course you know how I feel about discount double check Aaron Rodgers. I knew he was going to ball out. Only, well, you, Jim, and Delonte picked Minnesota. I knew. Minnesota wasn't going. Minnesota does not play very well against Green Bay. Now, when Captain Kirk was here, he played pretty daggone well against Green Bay, especially in prime time. That was the night that you know we asked Scott McLuhan, "You ready to pay me now?" And Scott McLuhan told him, "Yeah, yeah I'm gonna pay you. I'm gonna pay you." Too bad he never got paid. They let Scott. That's another story. I'm not even gonna get into that. I'm gonna get out my field. Um, Cam in New England. Oh my goodness. I think the worst thing that could have happened to the league is Cam hooking up with Belichick. Cam's going to get a long-term deal. He's going to do it the right way, but he's going to still be Cam. And Belichick, Belichick is going to show, I don't need TB12 to be dumb. So that's unfortunate for you because you got to do battle twice a year. Uh. Go ahead, go ahead. What'd you say? No, nah, I, I know. I know. And, and that's just week one. And, and that's a whole, that's the same thing I was saying with Tom Brady. New situation with Cam Newton. Got to learn the offense. But here's the thing I love about Belichick. Belichick is going to tailor that offense to what Cam's strengths are. Not going to ask him to do what Tom Brady does or did. He's going to tell her just like the, the, um, the touchdown he ran in. That's not a call. That wouldn't be a call for Tom Brady. That's a Cam Newton play designed for him. So, look, 
I hate the Patriots as much as the next man even more because I'm a Bills fan, but I'm rooting for Cam. I am. I, I'm rooting for Cam. Uh, of course, Baltimore, Baltimore beating Cleveland wasn't a shot. We talking about New Era 8. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has been our guy since before his draft. We were talking about him winning the Heisman. His stat. Why is he not talked about as the number one player being taken? He's a Heisman Trophy winner, but he can back it all up. We talked about this. He's always going to be our guy. Baltimore knows how to administer Nashville. That they, 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 they know how to administer Nashville properly, too. Um, Las Vegas beating Carolina. Um, the former San Diego Superchargers beating Cincinnati. That was we knew that. Now San Francisco losing to Arizona was the shot. Did they hold on? Hold on. Did they beat? Did they beat Cincinnati or did Cincinnati lose the game because of that kicker? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, go, but continue on, brother. <laughs> and uh, uh, as as far as New Orleans, I kind of figured Tom Brady's coming into the NFC South. Uh, now he has a coach in Bruce Ernie. He has a coordinator in Byron Leftwich. Now this is crazy because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tom Brady's older than Byron Leftwich. Tom Brady's career, Byron Leftwich career was in the middle of Tom Brady. That's crazy. Now, if I'm not mistaken, is, I think right? I think Leftwich has. Does he have two rings? He got uh, champ- Don't get. I don't know. Where Big Jim at when I need him? Because I know he got his rings with uh with Pittsburgh. So, but Leftwich and Tom Brady, it's no preseason, no not a lot, enough time for them to get together and, and 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 you know really jail. Like you say, this team once Tampa Bay jail, it's gonna be pewter power. I'm sorry, and <laughs> people gonna be mad because they are gonna roll and they really gonna roll. Like, really rude. He got one room. I'm sorry. But one thing I know is Left Winch is, what, 30? He almost, he about to turn. Oh, he did turn 40. He turned 40 in January. Him calling plays for TV 12, I can see those guys sitting down just going over stuff. And the knowledge that Left Winch had, the knowledge that TV 12 had, when that thing gets rolling, Count your blessings if you already played. Because if you got to play them after that thing you're rolling, they're going to roll right over. That's my opinion. That's my thought. And also, uh, the Monday, the late Monday night game, uh, Denver couldn't even win with, a, with the Tennessee kicker being as bad as he was. Denver still couldn't win. It's a problem. That is a problem. Well, before before we wrap up our week one um, recap, uh, we want to make an announcement about about the uh, Caps coach, new Caps coach, new Caps coach. Man, uh, after firing their current coach, uh, which in my opinion should have never got rid of Trotsky, because um, he is 
doing the damn. He was. He has the Caps number with with the island. But new coach, new coach is Peter Laviolette. I'm, I think I've been practicing that since they announced it because I was like, I know I'm gonna have to announce it. Peter Laviolette, uh, twelve year in it. Well, twelve year as a hockey player. He only played twelve games for the Rangers. Career span from '86 to '97. Um, never registered a point as a player. He's been a coach in the NHL in the NHL since '01. Uh, won a Stanley Cup in '06. Um, he's coached the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the Flies, and the Predators. So very extensive background. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was the coach of the Hurricanes, and they won the Stanley Cup in uh, 2006. And he took the Flyers to the Stanley Cup in 2010 and the Predators in 2017. So winning pedigree, uh, hopefully him in a great eight, uh, Nicky Backstrom. Uh, hopefully he can rejuvenate uh, Hope Beast because I, we need it. Ole, the goalie, wherever you're at, please call Hope Beast and get him back to being the goalie that stands on his head every game during the playoffs. Please. We need you, Ole. But it's a new direction, two years removed from winning the cup. So let's hopefully hope this can point us in the right direction. Most definitely. So we'll wrap up segment number two. We hope you enjoyed that NFL week one recap. Um, We're coming back with a little bit of NBA talk. So quick pause. We'll be right back. And we back. Welcome to segment number three. Little NBA talk. Man, oh man. We have to start with the Clippers blowing a three to one series lead and letting the Nuggets. And letting the Nuggets come back and do their thing. And, and let me let me rephrase that. Because they didn't let the Nuggets do anything. The Nuggets took that series. And it's so satisfying because you have one of the most overrated. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say my opinion. This is my opinion. One of the most overrated players in the league in Paul George. Playoff P, which he, he named himself. You have one of the most motor mouths of the league in Pat Beverly. So, and the crazy thing is, I haven't, they, they, were, they were killing Portland on Twitter um, and social media, him and uh, Paul George and, and Pat Beverly, killing Dame Willard. And now Paul George and Pat Beverly are nowhere to be found. They got sent home, nowhere to be found. And I read something that really kind of pissed me off. I don't really care for Paul George. Like I said, I think he's overrated. But he, let me see, I'm trying to find it. Um, Paul George, internally, we've always felt this isn't a championship or bus year for us. Uh, we didn't have enough time together. Okay, Paul, because once you join Kawhi in L.A. with the Clippers, they, it was championship or bus. That, that's, that's what everybody else thought. 
So I'm trying to figure out why you didn't get the memo. Now, all of a sudden, this wasn't a championship or bus year. Like, don't backpedal now. Don't, don't do that. Because this season is a bus. It was supposed to be the Clippers and the Lakers for who's the king of New York. I'm New York. The king of L.A. That's the old man talking to me. It's getting late past my bedtime. And y'all blew it. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard and Paul. I'm sorry. This is it's just so funny. They didn't have a point in the fourth quarter. I, let me let me repeat that. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George did not score a single point in the fourth quarter of an elimination game. And let me tell you, why. I'm I'm gonna backtrack a little bit because when. The Rockets got put out. Um, they they posted something about Russ, the clip of Russ getting into a Rondo's brother, and I and I typed underneath that. I, I think it was Complex Sports that that put it up, and I said, "Damn, Russ should have kept that energy for the game." And I had somebody arguing down with me that Russ played a good game, and that I was a casual fan. This that, and other. And let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when you got to pull that your casual fan out, you've already lost the argument. Because if I bring you in as a superstar, you're supposed to be a superstar. We're talking about Russell Westbrook. We'll get back to the Clippers in a second. And you only scored 10 points, 0 for 3 from three-pointers. I think he was 4 for 13 from the field. You did not play a good game. Okay, I just is what it is. So, because I'm 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 bringing it back to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That is the team. I know it's eleven people. I know it. You know you can't you know rely on one person. If your superstars, that's just like LeBron James and Anthony Davis not scoring. What you think the Lakers gonna do? They are gonna lose. So if one of your superstars don't come through. Your team is going to lose. The person is a pecking order on every NBA team. Okay? On the Lakers, it's LeBron James and Anthony Davis, number two. You can argue who's number three all you want. Houston is James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Okay? The Clippers is Kawhi and Paul George. So if you're two, one number one and number two don't score, game over. And Paul George has had a couple of games this series where he has been no-show. But he's played off pedo, so what do I know? I just know. You know what I know? I know they're going home. First class. They ain't got to be in the bubble no more. They can go get hot wings from the strip club. They can go play We Love L.A. right up or down. Um, Rodeo Drive, have fun. Go home. Now, we move on to the Lakers and the Nuggets in the West Semis. I mean, the West, West Finals. Man, KG? <laughs> I, hey, man. I'm, I'm going to go back to something you said to begin it. You said Paul George, playoff P a name he gave himself. That right there is a no-no. 
something you and I talked about, and you probably don't even remember this conversation. We had this conversation maybe about 10, maybe, maybe 15 years ago. And we were talking about nicknames. And, you know, it's always, what do they call you? Not what you call yourself. What do they call you? You can't make up your own nickname. Oh, yeah, they, they, they call me, you know, dope boy slanger iced tea, you know? No, no, that's what you call yourself. What did they call you? In your neighborhood, everybody called you BJ. In my neighborhood, it was either KG, Kev. Sometimes as I got older, it became black. That's not a name I gave myself. That's the name that everybody else called. You know, he gave himself the name Playoff P. You have never arrived in the playoffs to call your name yourself Playoff P. You should have stuck with PG-13 because that's the hell you do. You play like a 13-year-old. And yeah, I'm, I'm hard on Paul George because I like to do it. I've always liked it. And to see what he's came back from with what happened at the Olympics. And he came back to continue to play. But dudes, you ugh, so arrogant. Pat Bev. Oh my God. Big headed. Dude, Big headed. You Big headed. Patrick Beverly needs to start balling and some creased up Air Force One. That's what he because that's what he plays like. He plays like that dude. They got the Ashley lead, the drop sock, the creased up Air Force One that scored two points, but got like 79,000 And he threw all kinds of elbows. Patrick Beverly, no humbleness. And I'm like, this is not, I don't blame Doc Rivers for that. I don't blame Doc Rivers because he's putting the best team out there. But of course, Doc Rivers is going to take the brunt of this blame. The players are already blaming Doc Rivers in a way because there's a report out saying that they felt like they were fatigued in game yeah, seven. I, I've seen that too. Uh, they were fatigued. They couldn't really stay in the game more than three minutes. Let me tell you something about fatigue. Vince Lombardi said it. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. Jimmy Johnson has said it. But it's the truth. Fatigue will make you a coward. So if you want to blame fatigue, now me, I'm 38 years old, and I can go to the gym and play six games, whole court, back-to-back, no rest, and still perform at the highest level. I, I mean, that last game might, you know, I might give you 75%, but those first five, it's 100% because the Fantastic Five never got kicked off the court. Until it was time to go, we left. They shut the gym down. That's when we got off the court when they shut the gym down. And we went out there and we bowled. Now, I'm not a professional athlete, but I can condition my body to play. Now, if you knew you had to play game seven, I'm sure Doc didn't have y'all practicing a whole lot. Y'all was doing whatever y'all wanted to do. Don't blame Doc for that. Because you know what's going to happen. They start blaming Doc. Doc going to lose his damn job because of that shit. And it's disrespectful to Doc. And I know Doc has some – I think Doc has blown – this is his third – is this his third 3-1 series lead he's blown? I believe that was the stat that I read a little while ago. But here's the thing. Doc has been around. Doc has had, you know, championships, um, you know, East Finals, whatever. You know, Doc's, Doc's, Doc's done it. 
know, he's, he's considered one of the better coaches in the league. And I think for that report to come out shows you that they might be tired, Doc. And it's, un- it's unfortunate. Say what you say. Who are you going to bring in? Who, oh. Who's going who's gonna to take this cast of character? It's not going to be a black coach. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a black coach. We already know that because the team with a few adjustments can, can win a championship. So we already, you know, I mean, I hope it is, but, you know, history will show that it's probably not going to be a black coach. So um, who, who you will bring in, who knows, man? Mike D'Antoni, because he just left. He just, he, he, he's another one that keeps getting job after job after job. But he's going oh to get another job. He's going to get another job. And he, you know what? D'Antoni is the reason. Well, I say, now, I'll give you props on, on Steve Nash. Steve Nash is a good point guard. Everybody say Steve Nash, greatest point guard ever. No, he's not. If you're not saying John Stockton or Magic Johnson, which are interchangeable at one and two, don't ever talk to me about that as the greatest point guard. Steph Curry is a shooting, a scoring point guard. He's not a true point guard. Steve Nash was successful. In Phoenix, because of Dan Tony's system. But how much playoff success has Dan Tony ever had with any team that he's coached with that damn system? Because in the playoffs in the second season, you have to run a half court set. You have to handle it. They can't just be up and down, up and down, up and down. And you gotta play defense. He does not believe in defense. That's why Russ, he, Russ and Harden flourish under him because they can't play. They can play defense. They choose not to. They Harden. Harden plays Matador defense. If I was to go and, and, and hit a hard step to the right, cross back, and go left and drive on Harden, the first thing he's going to do, ole! Matador defense. He's going to let me go right by because he's so used to having Clint Capella behind him, but they don't even have a center. So if Dan Tony gets another job before the, the start of next season, that's pure D, absolute. Bullshit. Well, we know it's going to happen. It's just going to be a matter of where it's going to be. So, um, it's coming. It's coming, brother. It's, I would like to see how this situation unfolds with the Clippers and Doc Rivers. Um, like I said, I didn't, when I saw that report, I didn't like that because that's players, you know, if you feel like that, be a man and put your name out there. You know what I'm saying? That's like the under the table report, and I and I can see Paul George doing something like that, you know. Kawhi, I see all of them doing something like that, you know. But time should tell. So we got, I believe it's Game Two, Heat and the Celtics tomorrow night. Um, the Heat won the game on um, Bam's block. Was that Jason Tatum going to the hole? Mm-hmm. Hell of a hell of a defensive play. Sealed the game for the Heat, so the Heat are up one nothing. And then you have the West Finals, which are the Lakers and the Nuggets, which I think are going to be a hell of a series because Denver is playing with house money. They have nothing to lose. For you know, the Lakers are supposed to be there. Denver and everybody else wasn't supposed to be there. So I think this is going to be interesting, a very interesting series. And uh, I can't wait to sit down and watch it, man. You know what? 
speaking of Denver, I got to give Denver props because game six and game seven, I, I don't care who the home team was. Denver walked into the Clippers' house, sat at their table, ate their food, burped in their face, then smacked their wife on the ass after they sat. And then after that, they sat on the sofa, put their hands in their pants, and picked up the remote and started surfing the TV, surfing the channel. That's but but what you, forgot one, you forgot one key step. When they sat on the sofa, they would start drinking the baby's Capri Suns. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. That's exactly what happened. They they took their lunch, and they they's like, uh, which Morris brother is the plays with the Clippers? One play with the Clippers and one play with uh the Lakers. Both of them. Both of them. Both of them dirty. Both of them yeah. dirty players. So it don't even matter which one. I think it's uh Marcus that played for um, the Clippers. So he told um, Jamal Murray after Game Five. Which put them up three one. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Was it game five? I think it was one after one game. He told Jamal Murray basically, "Uh, y'all about to go to fuck home." But in turn, they the ones leaving the bubble. They got on the plane. And they up at it. Be careful hey, what you say to people. Hey man, I think it's hilarious because, like I said, the big mouths on that team. And not a word from anybody. Not a single peep. Hold on. Let, let, let me, let me, we can talk about the Clippers all day, but outside of Kawhi, outside of Kawhi, who on that team has done anything of note? Patrick Beverly, um, and I'm, I'm naming everybody on the roster Patrick Beverly, Amir Coffey, Paul George, Jermichael Green, uh, Montrez Harold, Reggie Jackson. Terrence Mann, Roger McCool, that's Marcus Moore, Jonathan Motley, Joe King Noah. Uh, Joe King Pats. Noah on the Clippers? Yeah. Okay. Sweet Lou, uh, William, Zubat, Landry Shamet. Ain't none of those guys ever bust a goddamn break. So how the hell can you talk? And I love you. I love Joe for his years in Chicago. But ain't none of them bust a goddamn break. All that shit you talk about, Dane, always Dane time, Dane time, booked that flight for Cancun, and him and CJ came back and was like, oh, I ain't made the reservation yet. Should we add more? So y'all had to go to Cancun with us? Oh, my God. You saw that? that oh, I was just yes, like, I was laughing my ass off. And I was just like, I wonder if Paul George or Pat Bev going to tweet now. Nice and quiet. Nice and quiet. Y'all just blew a 3-1 lead. Y'all going home. So, hey. <sighs> Church mics. Church mics, baby. Hey, we need to wrap this thing up. We've been going for a while. Um, we hope y'all enjoyed all three segments. Um, DC Sports Rundown. Uh, Redskins first segment. Um, hey, hey, Washington football team. I know oh, my goodness gracious. Washington football team first segment for our second segment, NFL Week 1 Recap, and third segment, a little NBA talk. So that's going to be it for us tonight. Um, we'll be back. We, we're trying to do another piece. We're, we're working on it. We ain't going to get too many details. And we got a, um, def- we got a request 
and we're going to kind of actually, we, I, I will tell you a little bit. We're going to have a show where we're just talking about um, our quarterback, quarterbacks of color, why why they're not given the the rope that their counterparts are given, and also offensive, defensive coordinators that you know time to maybe give that push up to a head coach, or we would like to see get that push. And uh, this is coming from a good friend of the show, Oop. Um, also talking about the best time, best sports time of the year. So we're going to try to get the other guys on. We're going to talk some of that. So for the big guy, KG, the boss, they call me. We out of here. Y'all enjoy y'all night. Be safe. Peace.